Hey everybody, welcome to Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's Sean, I'm the engagement pastor, and sitting across the screen in a very similar colored shirt as I is Kyle Davies, our lead pastor. Twinsies, let's you know, do this. You're pulling up the whole like DJ setup, you look like you're about to drop a beat for us. I yeah. wish I could actually drop a beat. I w- really wish I could. Too bad I can't. No, no skill. No skill. No rap. That's all right. Kyle, you with your headphones reminds me this weekend that uh, our audio, uh, for those who are in the room, our audio online cut out with like, what, five minutes left in your teaching? Literally was getting to the application, the punchline, the like, whatever you want to call it, the let's bring this thing home. Let's land this plane. Like let's get her done and let's, let's go change the world portion of portion of the sermon. I got cut out. I I did have someone who watched said we were trying to read your lips and you were really (laughs) passionate about what you were saying. We just reached your lips. Yeah. They saw you were enthusiastic. You were super into it. Like, it, it probably felt different, like actually having some people in the room again. I know that kind of fuels you, fires you up. So no longer only teaching to a camera, just kind of doing the both now, right? Oh yeah. You know, every now and then I'd glance up and be like, I see you people online because I'm looking at the phone and Something on their couch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, uh, all right. You missed the last little bit cut out. I know you were kind of in a part, um, you one of the quotes you had leading into this kind of three, like three point thing in which you were bringing up, it was, we know we are everyday people. Part of being an everyday follower of Jesus means it shows up in how we live our life. And you began talking about the different places of worship in our world. And you mentioned uh, three spiritual practice modes. So Kyle, like, will you elaborate on that? Where were you going with that? So the basic idea was, is I was contrasting Jesus standing against the altars of worship, the temples and places, you know, Jesus identity versus the identity of all these modes and worldviews and backgrounds of worship. And here today we think, well, like, yeah, I mean, outside of like maybe churches or synagogues or mosques or, you know, temples and and some things like that, we, we have in terms of the religious but in our increasing secular world, like most people think, well, I, I don't have a place of worship. And the idea was actually your worship, the idea of the, 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 the place, the locale where you subscribe to a set of beliefs and worldviews and are, are shaped by them shows up, shows up in a couple different ways, shows up in a couple different locales. And so I was walking through those, really those three places. And the first is our phones, our, our phones shape us. They tell us stories, sometimes of both a, a world that is so profoundly broken that we should just burn it to the ground. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a vision of the world that says uh, it's better somewhere else. And basically we, we, we look at that and we say, man, I mean, the only goodness can come from is from that thing over there. And so we begin to measure ourselves and measure the world through the lens of, of our phone. And so we sometimes say ultimate goodness only comes from, from this place over here or uh, from that person. And that leads me into that second one is, is we start to move from really from our phones and a place and a locale and a vision to, to how it's embodied and and people. Yeah. And so we begin to put our trust and dependency and, and 
the idea of we want a certain way and a certain level of power. And so it shows up in how we interact with people, whether in the political arena and again, and in the midst of an election year or just in personal relationships. So we manipulate or try to control. And, and that's where it shows up is, is we essentially, we worship the, the other people and person and their views and their vision of both the world and all, also what is just right and good. And so we, we tend to adopt what they say we should adopt because we view them as, as in a place of, of higher, whether it's of knowledge or, or anything like that. So phones, people, the last one is just, just in our own hearts. It shows up in our own hearts uh, when we worship self and who we feel ourselves to be. And so what that does is that places ourself in terms of, again, on a pedestal as, as the one who has the ultimate lens for what right and wrong in the world is. Um, but that also moves us to a place of where we crave the approval of others, where we're yes. fearful of others, we're fearful of rejection and humiliation. And so that actually leads us to create distance between, between ourselves and others. And you can see what happens then is that really it's almost a cycle of sorts to where you go from, from phones to people, to your own hearts. And then again, when you create a relational distance, the only way to maintain contact with the world when you have personal relational distance is through technology. Well, it throws you right back into that. Really the, the met, phone's more of a metaphor for, for technology yeah. of, of sense, because that's our primary locale yeah. for, for news and really engagement and, and slacktivism, activism. Yeah. within our worlds so all of those are places we go to to be formed to be informed and ultimately shape us and how we view the world so mm. the the what happens is in each of those venues we compare and we contrast it with jesus and more often than not we choose one of those options what they say how they make us feel yeah. uh, over Jesus and his character and priorities and the way in which he would have his followers interact with the world yeah. around them, believe about themselves and believe about others. Okay. So you're kind of your whole thing with these different places of worship, these kind of modes in which uh, is that they can shape us and um, really give us the, what can happen is that that can be the source of truth in which we go to, to shape who we are rather than going to Jesus and his truth and allowing that to shape who we are. It's the, the options of the world in contrast to Jesus is what you're saying. Exactly. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll take a little bit from our phone and a little bit for Jesus or, or something on our phone or some other person or something within our heart presents a Jesus-like thing, but is not fully, like fully Jesus-oriented, and so yeah. it sounds good. It makes us feel good, yeah. and so, and we, because it it reduces the friction in our life again, because Jesus as King, Jesus is King, it produces a level of friction because we and again we, we like comfort, so we we opt for yeah that, that kind of sounds religious that kind of sounds spiritual makes me kind of feel good especially for those who are have been followers of jesus rather than rather than jesus because it's frankly it it's easier than mm -hmm. wrestling with the reality of 
So if Jesus is king and he says, do this or act this way, this is what it means for how I live my life. Yeah, we, we, tend to, we, tend to, we tend to back off and choose another option rather than choose the Jesus option. Okay, so it's kind of like our, so you were taking it as our modern version of what Jesus and his disciples were witnessing and seeing and where they yes. were, and that they were seeing a culture in which there were many different options of places and things to worship and idolize and find your truth and meaning and happiness from. And what you see is Jesus asking, like, asking his disciples, like, who do people say that I am? And they list off some, uh, some different things. They say John Baptist, Elijah, other prophets. They're, he's just one of the other options amidst them all. And then you see Peter, who, shockingly enough, uh, somehow gets it right and saying, no, like, you are the Messiah. You are the king. You are the one above all of these yeah. options. And I don't want to gloss over that point that you were, you were almost making there, John. And it's certain ideas and certain worldviews are almost always associated with a person. And so what they wanted for the world, the reason those options around Jesus were thrown out, that he's like John the Baptist, or like, because they all yeah. stood for a, a type of ideology. They all stood for something. And again, prophets in the Bible, like good, like quote unquote, like good yeah. people, godly people, but but people want, were trying to make Jesus to fit into that type of mode, into that type of context. And in this situation, that's not what God had prepared for, for yeah. him and for, for Israel, for, for the family of God. They prepared Jesus, who is God incarnate, who is king, to lay down his life for us so that we may, we may have life. And yeah. so that, not that people had to go to a temple, to a locale, to worship yeah. the one true living God, but Jesus was the one true living God in flesh so that all people could have access to the one and true like living God. And so actually his temple doesn't go from a place, but to, to a people. And yeah. so, uh, and passes through Jesus, the, the person in that moment. And this is what that moment is, is because Jesus, if they don't identify who Jesus is, they won't be able to see the transition from a place of worship to, to Jesus being the person of worship to, to God dwelling amongst his people and yeah. his people being a people of worship who worship yeah. Jesus, who is the embodiment of the, uh, of God where, yeah. you know, where, where the temple was, which was the, was the place of worship. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fascinating because as we talk about this, I kind of think back to almost the, the woman at the well kind of story. In a sense that Jesus is staying there with a Samaritan woman, which has its whole connotation, messiness yeah. with it. But this similar idea, she's like, I'm at Jacob's well where we go to worship. Like it is a traditional thing in which we do that we think is true and right. This is where we go to do this. And Jesus goes like, no, if you knew the eternal life, the eternal water in which flows through me, he says, you would understand that worship will take place anywhere and everywhere the people are who have that eternal water, who have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And for her, for them in that, that day and age, it was still very much of a spiritual, of there was a mystical of like, they, they knew they needed something external. So they would go to these places to, ex, to experience that. And for us, we may go like, like that, that's not, we don't do that. And I would actually turn around and say, actually, yes, we do, which is why I bring up phones people in our own hearts because we go to these places 
we look to our own hearts, we go to specific people and, or, or we go to some sort of technology, something in the distance, whether it's a created world or, or a real thing that, that's been glamorized. And we go to that and we say, man, I, I want that. I want that to shape me. I, I adopt that rather than, than seeing that it's, it's, it's Jesus who stands out amongst the options. And so he presents himself amongst this backdrop of all these options. And he says, now that you've, you've understood that I'm king, like you, now we're going to go on the journey of understanding what that means for you, my disciples, because we know they got it so wrong. And, and I, what I, I just love about it is Peter like makes this statement and maybe even there's a little bit of pride within him. He's like, yeah, like I, I got it right. And, and Jesus is like, yeah. Um, so you actually didn't get it right. The only reason you got it is because my father revealed it to you. So you can't even take credit for it. And yeah. so, it's, so it's like Jesus almost knocks Peter down, you know, a little bit. And I think that's so true for us is sometimes we can feel like, oh man, I, I can get it. I can, I can, I can piece everything together and figure it out. And at the, at the end of the day, it, it takes a level of, and it does not just a level it takes god's intervention for us to to awaken to who god tr to, truly is and that's why that's why i challenge at the end of the message for people to be a learner to become a student specifically of god and of jesus and then to discuss it in community um because what happens is if we become the barometer for, or our lens becomes the barometer for truth, then all truth will, will flow through what we see and what we say and what we think. And, and that's, that's not true. Is truth is not dependent upon your view. Like contrary to popular opinion, like your truth may be a, a, a portion of the truth, but it is not the total truth. Yeah. And that's where, Jesus as King, he gives us the full picture of God and yeah. what that means to live in God's world, God's way. Yeah. I, I think you get to a, a kind of the interesting point at the end that um, to, for us to really kind of contemplate through that, like we are to be a people that cancel the subscriptions to the other places of worship, to the options of the world and really tune into who Jesus is to get to know him intimately. Yeah. to get to know him personally. And this is where we kind of, we can get a little bit um, theological here and talking about the, like you, you mentioned here that the only way like that we do this is through God revealing himself. Yeah. And that's where you get to these different like forms of revelation of like, there is this form of general revelation where we can look in the world and people might be able to identify like maybe in nature or in the hearts of people and saying, there's a morale there that must be from God or there must be a creator who's able to put all this together, but it's different. Once you take that next step to a form of special revelation where you go to read God's word, where you pray and rely on the Holy spirit to reveal the truth of who Jesus is and what God has done of yeah. uh, being able to be a learner, to become a student and discuss that in community. And I like how you talking like, and you emphasize this, uh, aspect of community because it can often be overlooked uh, where we tell people like, yeah go read your bible and pray and it can be a very individualistic thing mm -hmm. by identifying that like no in community we're able to get the fullness of it because the holy spirit's alive in me it's alive in you and it's going to speak and um, illuminate different things and so when we begin to have discussion 
about the Bible, it's going to stretch us and it's going to develop relationships where we're going to see things differently than we would see from our own lens. John, what type of TV shows do you like? What type of TV shows? That's so vague, man. Oh my gosh. Like uh, what? Like what are like what are some things you've watched recently on Netflix? Uh, well, honestly, we watched Disney Plus and we just watched Hamilton. If I'm okay. Okay. So, so you watch Hamilton. What's some, what's some other things that you've, you've watched recently? Dude, I've watched Community. Uh, always go back and watch that one. Not going to lie. Hannah's got me on a Disney kick right now because I didn't grow up watching Disney. Okay. So she's like, oh my gosh, you haven't. You've got to watch all these different Disney movies. <laughs> so we recently watched like Lilo and Stitch. We watched um, uh, Lady and the Tramp. We've watched, okay. we watched Avatar The Last Airbender, which is always bomb to yes. watch. So, so my guess is as you watch, as you watch these different shows, what starts happening, whether it's on Disney or even on Netflix is what's going to happen is you're, you're going to start to see a line that says recommended for you or comparable to, and what's, what's going to happen is as you're watching this stuff, your, your playlist begins to be curated for things you will like, things you will approve of, things will sound good. And then pretty soon you're going to have a whole bunch of shows that appear and recommended for you that are, that are all very similar. Would I, would I be correct in saying that? Has that happened to you before? Of course. So so that's what, that's what happens to me too. So, so let's, let's go to me. So my, my favorite two shows uh, probably of all time are suits and white collar. That probably tells you what suits and white. So, so suits is on Amazon prime and white collar is on Amazon prime too. So, the type of shows I like is where you've got a problem, you've got some drama, and who's going to come up with the solution? Who's going to solve the thing? It's the same reason I used to like NCIS. It's the same reason um, I used to watch Alias with my parents is because I was going to figure out either who the bad guy was or I like to think through shows. If that's, that's a, I don't laugh at shows. I like to think through shows. So again, definitely, like I, I don't pay attention. I don't watch the crime shows. I could never get into the crime shows. I enjoy some of the, like the psychological introspective shows um, that really dig kind of deep. So we think through very differently. Obviously. Yeah. So, so, but what I'm saying is, is the reason we need each other is John, if we don't have this conversation, I may I never may never be exposed to another type of genre mm. of show if we don't have this conversation. Yeah. The same thing is true as we approach Jesus. Mm. What will happen is we will see certain things in Jesus and what'll happen is we'll start to we'll continually pull out those themes and so yeah. all we see when we look at Jesus are these same set of themes. Yes. I need you to look at that same Jesus, the same list of shows, the same, again, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime. There's the same list of shows available to both of us. But what's going to happen is certain things are going to pop out and pull out for you that are different than me. But what we really need is we have to be able to come together and to have this discussion so that we can get a full picture of what's available not just on Netflix or Disney plus, but what's available in Jesus and how he wants to present himself to us. And so here in this moment, that is really what's happening is, is Jesus is saying, listen, you have all the options to choose from even, you know, different, really different, like viewing shows, but here's the best one. And, he, and here's why. 
And yeah. so we have to ha do this together in community so that we don't basically get our own curated list of what Jesus is like that is best for for us. And so that, that's really where, where I, would, I would continue to challenge us is to the reason we have to have the posture of being a learner is we need to yeah. be open to exploring how others see Jesus. And then we have to be a student of God so, we, so that we do know is what they're presenting still what's there, though it might be different, yeah. though it might be uncomfortable, though we maybe, is it still, is it, is it still there or is it, or has it been molded together? Is it a combination of something else? Right. And, and is it, is it not actually then Jesus? Cause we talked about that in the last uh, series as we look through Colossians about like that Jesus plus thing. We, we don't want something that's Jesus plus. We want something that's, that's Jesus only. Yeah. The only way we can figure that out is to be a, to be a student of God. And then, but also again, we, we don't do that necessarily in isolation. We do that in others because then we, with the posture of a learner, become a student of God with others. Yeah. That's, that's how we come to the place of seeing Jesus as King of yeah. not just my life, but of all people and of the world. Yeah. So, so let me ask you something real quick, because we've, we've hit on two things that can kind of seem contradictory almost of the fact that God reveals himself and yet we are to be learners and we are to seek mm -hmm. the truth. So like how, how do those um, live in tandem and necessarily like not necessarily butt heads? So there's two things called like divine sovereignty and human responsibility. And so the way that I have always viewed those, and, and I use always facetiously because that's not always the way I viewed them, yeah. but, but th there were like two sides of railroad tracks is on one side, you, you have got God's kind of divine sovereignty. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be who he is. He's going to, again, he, he reveals himself and we have no sway over that. But then he gives us a set of things where he says, do this, be this way. Yeah. And we're like, I'm not sure, again, railroad tracks, side by side parallel. Yeah. I'm not sure that they ever intersect. But now let's lay those railroad tracks on the ground off towards the horizon. At some place off in the distance, it looks like they finally converge. And okay. it's way out there, way out in the distance. It, it's, it's our perspective, our view. And in a lot of ways, this, we have to be faithful and responsive to what God has asked us to. And also understand that he says he will reveal himself in yeah. that way. At some point, there, there, there's, there's, there, there's a merge. It looks like they connect. And, and in fact, again, it's, it's a flawed metaphor because they, they connect at, at some point. They're, 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 they're enmeshed. Hmm. And, so, and so what we, have to, what we have to do is just be faithful and obedient and responsive to what God has asked us to do which is, again, be that student, be that learner, be that follower. And, and just over time, God, God, God works in our hearts, in our lives. He reveals certain things to us. Um, he doesn't give us to us all at once. I've, I don't know a single person where they're like, oh, man, I learned everything I need to know. And, yeah. and one encounter with God at that moment, yeah. uh, that I still haven't met that person. So if you're out there, like, I'd love to meet you. Yeah. Um, but so, so again, it's seemingly two contradictory ideas. Yeah. 
but the reason that I think it seems contradictory is because as we've, we've tried to separate this out and we say, well, God, you can't intervene. And at the same time, when we have responsibility, like we're in total control and it's like, yeah. no, like those, those aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, what there, it's a, probably a better way to say it is it's a false dichotomy. And actually they work in tandem together because when the train of our life runs over them, it, it runs well. And so when we take seriously human responsibility and we, and we understand that, that God's divine sovereignty saying like, he's going to reveal himself, he's going to be at work. And then we just, we just run on the tracks of the lives with what he's given to us. It, we, we tend to run in the right direction. And I mean, just to continue this, this flawed metaphor, when we try to separate them or we try to conflate them, what happens is the train crashes and wrecks and it doesn't run doesn't run smoothly so if if we want our life to continue on the track uh that that god's laid out for us yeah trust trust that that he is who he is uh, he's going to intervene and at the same time we have that human responsibility piece and so to to circle that all the way back around here's here I, I call us to is we've got to be faithful learners because that communicates something about God to the watching world. Mm. It, it, it's, it's also, it's also a pattern and a characteristic of, of Jesus and who he is and what he is like. So it communicates something to the watching world while at the same time, knowing that it's not anything I can do to necessarily uh, change someone's heart, but God can work on that person so that they perceive my actions in such a way that it produces change. So almost here in the case of Peter, where Peter like gets right, like Jesus, you're the Messiah. Um, would you say it's almost like, almost a kind of, Jesus is calling attention to, this isn't an attaboy pat on the back, you did everything on your own kind of thing, but identifying like, no, like God is working through you, Peter. Like, yes, you got it right. God is revealing and working in you as you pursue and follow me. Yes. Yes. And it, and it's like, and I, I, I talked about the metaphor of like, it's almost like God took the mask off Jesus head, like for a moment. So Peter could say like, Oh, that, like, that's who you are. And as I almost process that, it's almost like, because not everyone saw that, but it's almost like for a moment, you actually get kind of the x-ray vision. Like you, you get the awareness from God that of the clues piece together. Yeah. And, and so, so it's, it's not even Peter realizing that he's piecing the clues it's god working in that moment to say yeah oh let me let me let me show you let me show you in this way almost it's like the old like 3d 3d glasses it's like to make something stand out in 3d you had to put a series of glasses on it's like for a brief moment god's like here i'm going to give you these glasses so you can see through you know through the the, the garb for a second continuing that mass singer again veiled uh <laughs> yes met, met, metaphor and Peter goes, oh, sweet, I see it. And Jesus is like, yeah, you did see it. But it's not because you figured out, it's because there were glasses put on your eyes for a moment. Yeah, I got you. And I, I think there's something even for us to kind of note in this of like, even identifying Peter later on, like you even see him kind of slump fall back and he has his mistakes that follow in this. And I think there's, even while they're able to grasp onto some truth, there is some truth that they were, um, void or even missing of. And I liked how you you made a comment about this. Uh, maybe it's just me that kind of picked up one of the random things that you just kind of throw in there. Uh, <laughs> I have to laugh when me and Hannah take notes. We take notes 
very different because it's, it's funny. Like I even see some of the stuff you write down and it's like the things that you highlight or what she highlights. And then I don't have any of those on mine, but it was, it was funny. There's something I, I noticed and it was an interesting thing to think about of this concept of that they had in their mind that Jesus should spend his time purifying Israel. Mm. We had a little bit of discussion about this and yet it seems that he does the contrary to what the law kind of established for the people. Like they thought he was going to, he was really going to do something different. And yet you see him go to the Gentiles, go to the Samaritans, interact with uh, the sick, the leper, the broken, the poor and the ill. And it's like, Jesus, what are you, what are you doing? This goes against some of the law in which we had. And I, I'm going to throw that to you to kind of how, what was like, what do we see about this kind of change and this concept of purifying uh, the people? So what, what they were expecting was basically Jesus to come and purify Israel by kicking all those who were deemed unclean outside of the borders and cleanse the temple. And that's, that's what they, that's the type of purification that they wanted. What they wanted was a physical, uh, was a physical purification, a physical like cleanliness of basically, it would be like um, anybody who has a certain type of sickness, just you you can't exist within these with these within these walls. And wh- the reason why Jesus seems almost intent on defiling it is because what he is saying is he's like, no, let's not let's not kick all the unclean people out. Let's actually let's go to the unclean people and yeah. show them what clean, like what it looks like to live clean, to be clean, yeah. what that, what that really is. So it's, it's really a, it's, it's drawing a different type of boundary. And so instead of drawing a boundary around the nation of Israel, the temple, and that way, what, what Jesus is doing is saying, no, it, there is a level of, of cleanliness that, that starts in me that then I can go to others and show them what, what, what that is like. And so, but it, that's confusing because yeah. they were given all these laws. They were given all these rules about what cleanliness and what stuff looked like. So it almost seemed like Jesus didn't care about that. Yeah. And again, the, the goal of Israel was always to say, they were to be clean as as a people, yeah. So that other nations and other people groups would see what it looks like to have a level of clean and pure living in connection to to the living God. Yeah. And they didn't fulfill that fulfill that picture of yeah. it. So Jesus was going to unclean places and saying, "Here's what it looks like to be clean and to take that to yeah. to unclean people." Now as we talk about that purity sense and the unclean versus clean, it didn't make them less. It didn't make them, but that's, that's what some of the view was, is they were a lower class of citizen. They were a different type of people. Like we need to get them out. They're, they're lower, they're, they're, they're lesser. And what Jesus said, no, like they're, they're still, they're still people they're, they're But what God wants is them to be brought into his family, not for, you know, from them really going through a, a formal adoption process, but actually you going to them and, and showing them what good, healthy family dynamics yeah. lo- look like. And so it seems like Jesus' intent on 
on just defiling it. But it's but really, he's he's concerned about the the content and the connection of the heart with with God, yeah. So that others understand what it looks like to have that same connection with God. Yeah, it's almost a, no longer like keeping them out of the temple, but understanding that they are the temple, like yeah. that the Holy Spirit it can and will be present in them. So we go to them and not necessarily, it's not necessarily like, Oh, now we allow them to come to us. But like, no, like we go to them, even the broken, even the sick, even those who are outside. Well, the, the restoration of Israel in a proper sense is not just the restoration of Israel in, in, in a, in a national boundary people yep. group sense. It was no, I'm restoring Israel because I'm restoring what it was like in the garden. And the garden wasn't, wasn't limited to, to a certain, I mean, by all intents and purposes, like there wasn't necessarily a boundary until sin. So what it was is Adam and Eve in connection to God, we're supposed to, to, to take that out, to, to reproduce God's image, to reproduce his character, to, to, to multiply his blessing to, to, to the world, to cultivate that with, within the world. And so the, what what Jesus is doing is he's saying no, like we're we're gonna we're gonna take that to to, to all people, and we're we're going to expand that. We're gonna we're gonna move, we're gonna move from that. We're not gonna allow it to be just a get get out of here. We're gonna say actually I'm restoring it, but I'm restoring it so that that the the purity starts within within a people, and yeah. gets and gets moved to to all people. Yeah, and so and so that's that's really Jesus is restoring it. He's he's not we, we they were stopping halfway through the story. Yeah. They're saying, okay, Jesus, you're going to restore it to this point, and he's like, no, I'm restoring it to the beginning. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm at work to do. Yeah, and so w- the the challenge is we get caught up in the same thing. Is mm. is we pick a place in the story where we like or are comfortable, yeah. and we and we want Jesus to go, okay, let's go here. Yeah, but no, you can't. You can't mean here, and we're seeing that we're seeing that played out mm-hmm. all over in our, our culture and our country right now. Is as we want people, we we want to go to this place in the story. We want Jesus to, re, to return us back to this place, and what Jesus says is, no, I don't, I don't want to take you back to this place. I want us to go back to the beginning, what it was like in the beginning, and cultivate that in the beginning, mm-hmm. which means it's going to challenge some of the idols and ideologies, and I, I use those almost interchangeably, the idols that we have in our world sometimes are physical. Most of the time, they're, they're mental pictures of what the world should be like. That's the almost the idols that we worship now. It's the type of world we want to see that settles for a lesser vision and version of what, of what Jesus wants for us, which again, you go, you go back to the garden of where, where people were in perfect harmony with each other, with nature, and, and with God. And so that's the vision that Jesus wants to pursue through his people and through his church. So Jesus is king. He does reign and rule. And let's make sure that out of all the options that we are seeing purity within our own hearts, within our own lives, within our own families, so that Jesus can be king first in us and then allow that change to happen within the world. Mm, I think that's well said. I want to close with um, just another question, kind of like 
as we kind of talk about this, of the different options of the world and the option of Jesus as king, how do, like, how would you encourage people who maybe think they're following Jesus? How do we identify whether we're following Jesus or the other options of the world? Like, how would you uh, encourage people really to kind of get a little introspective and kind of identify like what, like what am I truly following and setting as like allowing to reign over my life? Where do you go when you need uh, rest? Mm. Where, where do you go when you need comfort? Um, is it a person? Uh, is it Jesus? Is it distracting yourself on your phone? Uh, is it a specific, I mean, just a specific news channel so that you, I mean, sometimes some people just like to be frustrated and angry and that it's like, it's just, it just, they, they like that. And so um, sometimes it's like, uh, well, I'm just going to listen to this and I'm just, and it may not even be your phone. It may just maybe something else. Maybe it's a good book or something else where, where you distract yourself. And so what I would say is when you're tired, um, when you're frustrated, yeah. uh, when you, when you take, takes account and scope of your life in the world and what you live in, yeah. where do you go and go like, and this is a place of safety. This is a place of comfort. And what I have found is we see it in difficult conversations with people every day is rather than face the person in front of them, rather than have a conversation, they pull out their phone and they start looking because it's safe and they comfortable. And so what, what we've done is we've, we've begun to replace Jesus with, with phones, with people, uh, with even our own worldviews of and, and ideologies that we build uh, based on our perceptions in our heart. And at the end of the day, uh, our perspectives, our perceptions will always fall short. They, they will be inaccurate. Uh, they will be fallible. Yeah. We, need, we need the perspective that comes from Jesus. And so how we do that is we say, we, we plunge into the uncomfortable. We become, a, you know, we, we take the posture of a learner. We become a student of God and we begin to discuss it in community. Mm. Uh, I, I think that's a great way um, to help people identify that in their life. So thanks for joining us on this week's midweek podcast. If you have questions kind of about what we were talking about today, maybe about um, how to identify who Jesus is or how to be a learner, be a student, or even how to find community to discuss who God is, send us a message uh, so we can help get you connected and help you make your faith an everyday faith. If you found this video helpful, be sure to like and share and leave us a message along with that. Hope you have a fantastic week.